Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away you fur. With me this week is Andy, GopherGuy05. Hello everybody. Steve, Zips of Akron. I don't think I can do this again. And you street. Hey y'all. Alright, so it's pretty simple. Is Patino getting fired? Go. Oh, I'm sorry, that was too quick. I'll point to somebody. Andy, is Patino getting fired? Go. Yes. Steve? Oh, yeah. Street? I don't comment on whether or not someone should or will get fired. Apart from what I've written in print, it would seem not trending well for Richard Patino. Okay, we could end the podcast right there in a record minute eight or something like that. Uh, But you know it, it we, we could probably talk a little more um so in case you've been living under a rock minnesota with an opportunity to play itself into the ncaa tournament had decided instead to shat itself uh, against northwestern a team that had lost 13 straight going back to december and nebraska who is simply simply horrid i mean we all know full well that if this wasn't uh, a COVID year, we'd already know that Richard Patino was getting fired. Given that it's a COVID year, we're still pretty darn sure he's going to get fired. And I guess at this point, I'm just going to turn to you, uh, Steve, and say, if you had to, you know, kind of outline who you might want to see uh, replace Richard Patino, assuming he is to be fired or might be fired, I, at this point, I'm just going to assume he is. Uh, who would you pick? Well, I think I want to back up a little bit and talk about the scenario we're in first. And I think um, it feels like this is the year that did a lot of people who are on the fence, people, you know, including myself, um, people who are on the fence um, in terms of do we want Patino to be here? Do we want him to go? How many how many more years are you going to give him? Um, we're in his eighth season now. And uh, it felt like through the first half of the season that things were looking okay, um, you know, beating some good teams. And then the stereotypical – Minnesota February flop, um, which happened again, and I think this just let the air out, out of the sails of the, or the wind out of the sails of the program, um, for the final time. It felt like after the Northwestern game that that was just the final straw for for most people, um, given that we'd seen quite a bit of body of work from Patino. Um, he had some ups and downs. Uh, you know, we saw the. 2017 season where things that were looking like they were good a lot of teams that were almost there a lot of teams that you know ran into trouble outside of his um control sometimes um but finally reached the end of the of, of the rope here um it seems like it's finally time to move on just because i think the theme of these eight years is that very rarely do gopher teams trend in the right direction during the season there are plenty of times where they've reached the you know, AP top 25 around the January time frame. things are looking rosy and then February hits and, you know, down it goes. And where other big 10 teams might pick up steam during the year, you know, they're working on running from a bubble team all the way up to, you know, working on their, on their seed. The Gophers are cut, turning from a 16, the number 16 team in the country down to just trying to make it on the bubble. And that's no way to live. And that's just the way they've been living for uh, the past eight years, it feels like. So that brings us to now, um, complicated because of the uh, pandemic-related budget shortfalls of the athletic department, where, as you said, Chris, in a normal year, 
you would probably be looking at Patino being out the door, just given his track record so far. But now when you're um, cutting non-revenue sports just to keep uh, things afloat, it looks a little strange to um, be paying more than a million dollar buyout for a coach um, when, again, <laughs> other things are, are are not going are not going great from a budget standpoint. So. Where does that leave us now? We can talk about hypotheticals of who do you want to see come in the door. I think a lot of the same names keep getting thrown around, like the uh, Nico Medveds and the Craig Smiths and the, um, you know, who else we got out there? Anthony Grant. I mean, the, the same names get, get thrown around a lot. Um, Dennis Gates. And it's hard to say because I feel like when we were talking about um, when Patino got hired, Everyone was all aboard the Shaka Smart train, things like that, and Patino wasn't even on the list. So I'm never quite sure if it makes sense to talk about the obvious folks. Um, it's it's fun to pontificate, I guess, but uh, sometimes I feel like we're wasting our breath just even trying to to talk about who's going to be coming to the door, who are the obvious candidates. Street, I don't know if you have, if you feel the same way, but sometimes it seems to me that it's the people you least suspect who might actually be end up being the next coach. Well, I don't necessarily know if there's anything that's not wasting one's breath when one is doing a podcast about the university of minnesota sports programs but that 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 out of the way yeah i think a better thing from a fan perspective that's more useful is to imagine what's the type of coach that we want rather than a specific name for two reasons the first one is that short of getting a John Beeline like hire, by which I mean someone who had a lot of success in the Big Ten prior is available and has a very clearly defined way for which you could say this is what John Beeline did before. Any coach when they get to the Big Ten is going to change their system up. Whatever was working at the lower level or the lateral move when it gets into the Big Ten is not going to be the same system. There may be similar defensive principles or similar offensive principles, but there's a reason why basically everyone in high major basketball runs kind of the same stuff. People tend to point to Wisconsin and Bo Ryan not just because they were successful, unfortunately, but obviously they certainly were. It's that Bo Ryan was weird. No one else ran the swing. That just wasn't a thing. If you put on... Uh, a basketball game, for example, we're recording this on Tuesday, March 2nd, and all of us who were watching this uh, also previously were watching Illinois beat the living tar out of Michigan, looking like the Gophers back in, what, <laughs> January 16th of this year? Oh, those those, those many almost those, two months those, ago. Those heady days. Yeah. Illinois and Michigan run pretty similar stuff on offense. It's not that different than what Minnesota runs. If you break down the individual sets, they come out of similar sets. Now, obviously, at the margin, there's a lot of differences that happen. And single, you know, after timeout plays or some set coming out of a half or out of a dead ball situation, yes, there is, of course, individual creativity. But people tend to run the same stuff. It is also the case that for any coach that's coming from mid-major to very much low-major, which would be in the case of, for example, Dennis Gates, whose name is being thrown around, there is a huge increase in talent. It's also the reason why on some level, you're like, oh, look at this really innovative, incredible offense at a low level. You know, why aren't the, the you know, better teams running it? 
Well, part of the reason why that offense works at a lower level is that, and no offense to the big man here, but the center on that team looks like Chris as opposed to looks like Danny Luturo. That's why it works at that level. It turns out that it's much harder to drive the lane when Kofi Coburn is chilling in it than your average sort of 6'7", six, 6'8", six, plotter who is in high major basketball in part because he's 6'8", or 6'9". What I would like to see from the new coach, should it not be Richard Pitino, and incidentally, if it was Richard Pitino, I'd like to see this out of Richard Pitino too, is a coach who can do fundamentally two things. One, effectively evaluate players. Because it doesn't really matter how good you are as a development coach. If you start off with two stars... In the game of basketball, you will not win a lot of football games. Or basketball games. <laughs> That's a good sign. Well, you won't win, regardless of what, what sport we're talking about. But the, this is commonly made in football. Like, oh, well, you know, you got these three stars, but they're a really good development coach, and so they see. And that's, you know, why they improve. That sort of TCU's path for a long time. That works in football in part because there are a lot of people who play football, and there are a lot of players on a field in football at any given time you got 10 people on a basketball court. If three of them suck, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. You're going to lose a lot of basketball games. So needing to evaluate players at Minnesota is particularly important because they're not going to get five-star basketball players on a regular basis, if at all, until Minnesota becomes a consistent tournament team and or becomes substantially more casual about whether or not it would like to enter the uglier, dirty side of college basketball recruiting. But Minnesota absolutely can get high three-stars and four-star players. Patino, in fact, got a bunch over the years. The problem that the Gophers have encountered is that the evaluations on those four-star players have frequently not been as accurate as we would like. Most notably, at least from a trajectory perspective, picking Isaiah Washington instead of McKinley Wright. So I want the next coach to really have a clear idea of player evaluation and to look at a player, especially a player who's going to be a high three-star or a four-star, so not someone that everyone in the country is going to give a scholarship to, and realize, yep, that's a great player for me, or that isn't so great of a player for me. Whether that player comes from Minneapolis, Minnesota, or Paris, Texas, I don't care. It's probably easier if they come from Minneapolis, Minnesota, a little bit shorter of a drive, but it doesn't really matter where they come from as long as the evaluation is there. So that's the first thing. The second thing that I would like the new head coach or the same head coach with a fancy new coat of paint to have is an ability, once you find the appropriate players to evaluate, so you start with a good talent for your system, to be able to improve those players over time. Certain positions under the Patino regime have done quite well at this. You know, Ed Conroy with the bigs most recently, but even early on, Mo Walker turned into a player who was actually good under, under Patino. He's generally been pretty good at bigs. He's not been that successful with guards. And the guards that have been successful have been the single high-usage point guard or, the, in Amir Coffey's case, the sort of just high-usage player. And the supporting cast has not improved. And that's been a big problem this year. It's been a problem with his very short benches, you know, really only playing six guys, occasionally seven. 
there's certainly a, well, you always play your best guys, but there's also the part of the reason the depth isn't there is those players just aren't improving to the clip they're improving. Those are the two things I want from, from my head coach. I want them to be able to identify at the high school level, that's the kind of player who could thrive in my system and be very successful and ideally be able to shoot a basketball. And then once they arrive on campus, that they get better. I suspect there are lots of potential candidates Candidates we've heard, candidates we haven't, as as Steve mentioned, that could fit that bill. Because all of the candidates who realistically would be like, yes, that person should be offered a high major job, ostensibly have had success at lower levels. But whether that success translate, I think matters a lot more in the sense of the vision from an evaluation standpoint and the key development than it does like, oh, well, they just won a lot at a low major level. And for the love of God, can we please get a coach who values players that shoot the basketball well? I that's know. all I want. That's all I ever want. All I've ever wanted, actually. Well, especially in, in the Big Ten nowadays, you absolutely, you will not win the conference unless you're good everywhere. Michigan, Illinois, Ohio State, they're good everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. But Minnesota isn't there. Minnesota right now needs to take the step from being bottom third of the conference to middle third of the conference. And incidentally, given that the Big Ten is ridiculously hard, middle third of the conference means you are one of the 20 to 30 best teams in college basketball consistently. That's middle third of the Big Ten, especially upper, you know, the upper middle third of the Big Ten. That's a really good basketball team. Minnesota isn't there, but that's the next step the program needs to get to. And you cannot do that if you only have one good guard. You need at least two. Realistically, you need three. And they have to be able to shoot the ball. This year, uh, Minnesota is 334th in the country in shooting three-point shots. Chris, do you know how many teams are in Division I basketball? I don't know, 335? 347 that have played this year. There are about 10 teams that just, like, canceled because the Ivy League canceled basketball, and, like, Bethune-Cookman was like, we're bad, let's, never mind. Um, And something called Maryland Eastern Shore. Minnesota is 334th. They are in the illustrious company of uh, Tennessee State, Dixie State, which really should change its name, uh, LIU, Florida Gulf Coast, hilariously Ole Miss, who's really bad, um, Samford, Alabama A&M, UT Rio Grande, Rio Grande Valley, Troy, Fordham, Manhattan, New Mexico, and Chicago State. That is the illustrious company of teams who shoot less than 28.9% from distance. I'm actually shocked that the final number for the Gophers right now is 28.9. I would have, I would have pegged lower if I'm honest. Well, some of that is they had that one game where they briefly shot 50 percent, but only took you know 16 shots. Uh, that's the only real reason. They've had a couple of outlier positives this year. They're the worst shooting basketball team I have seen, maybe ever, honestly. Except the, you know, the year before, they were in the 150s. And the year before that, they were 300th in the country. 
and the year before that they were around 200 and the year before that the best team Richard Pitino has ever had that five seed 200th in the country the team has not been able to shoot for a really long time from distance and in the modern game in the Big Ten you will not be successful consistently as unless as Steve mentioned you get someone who for the love of God can evaluate teach and develop shooters You've, you've put out a lot of really good thoughts. I do have to take it back to what I think is a mischaracterization of my skill set. Uh, you, you described uh, me as plotting, and I really feel like that oversells my athleticism by at least a factor <laughs> of two. Uh, so, you know, let's, let's get this straight. I, I am not plotting. I am immobile, um, uh, uncoordinated, and, uh, you know, slightly goofy. Um, you but other, too other than could that, play in you know. the Horizon League. Oh God! <laughs> if only. All right, so I mean, there's a lot of hypothetical ways to go with this. I think none of them are really worth our time. But I guess do you? Does anyone really have any guesses as to what kind of timeline they think this is going to be? Like, is this something? Do you think that Coil? has to really work to get approval from the board before he does something? Or do you think he's got the backing that once he's comfortable making a move, he just makes a move? The latter, and I suspect if they lose to... If it hasn't already gone through, so sort of totality of circumstance question, they lose to Penn State, and if as expected, because you know, they're down now two starters, lots of players are injured here at the end... Uh, they lose their last four games. I suspect Richard Pitino is, if you're looking for a timeline, would likely be dismissed shortly thereafter the Big Ten tournament ends, if not, you know, before then. Yeah, and that's the other thing. I mean, anybody who's even remotely dinged up needs to hit the bench and not come off. Like, there's no point. In yeah, this. in particular, if you're if you're Liam Robbins, so you're dealing with a sprain there is no good reason for you to play the rest of the season. Minnesota, short of winning the Big Ten tournament, will not make the NCAA tournament. You have a legitimate future. I know I know people want to play, and so obviously if he decides to suit up, I mean, I'm not going to be like, oh, Liam. They're a much better team even if he's only 75-80% than if he's, if he's on the bench. That's unquestioned. But I think for anyone who does have professional aspirations and is dealing with ankle and feet injuries, which seems to be everyone on this basketball team right now, it is not worth playing through those injuries, which especially if they aggravate, could really affect your ability to make money. Andy, I mean, we can we can go straight to hockey now if you'd like. Do you have any thoughts you want to share on the... Uh illustrious mess that is go for basketball at this moment i mean yeah i think you know every everything been said is pretty much a thing i think we're all looking at the same timeline i mean i believe there was a quote circulating earlier earlier today that uh in patino's contract he has to be given written notice 30 days prior to the termination so there was some discussion about uh you know apparently on friday it was rumored that coil and patino had a meeting um you know, 
so the question is whether whether it's you know we we always hear about the silent verbal whether it's always it's the silent firing was Petito basically already told last Friday that he's going to be let go. Um, you know, he did his radio show today, and he he basically said, well, you know, I, I, nobody's told me anything official, and, and Coyle was on WCCO this morning, and he basically said the same thing, basically, well, you know, we, we reevaluate everybody after and after the seasons, and da-da-da-da-da. I think everybody knows he's pretty much dead man walking at this point, so it's just going to be a matter of the semantics and the legalese to try and figure out exactly what, what Minnesota can and can't do um, to be able to get it done, so... Uh, whether it's whether it's officially announced right after they're officially eliminated after the end of the Big Ten tournament, whether they have to wait a couple weeks, whether you know, whether they can let it out that he's going to be fired, but they can't officially fire him until after that thirty day timetable. You know, I, I think it's I think it's a matter only a matter of time, and and he won't be back. Um, you know, I was gonna I was gonna make a joke, but we haven't riffed long enough. Or this game, I was gonna make a joke that you know Dennis Gates, who's the uh, current Cleveland State head coach, is is in the running to be the, uh, the the favorite for the Minnesota job. As as Cleveland State, who's the number one seed in the Horizon, is trying really, really, really hard to lose to the number ten seed, uh, Purdue Fort Wayne, in the uh, Horizon League quarterfinals right now. They're in triple overtime, uh, but. Somehow Cleveland State A has not lost yet, and B this game is still going. So I I can't make that joke. So we'll just ignore that I ever said it and things like that. But um, it would yeah, have been a really he, funny joke, though, Andy. Yeah, it would it would have been great, you know, if, if things had gone. But uh, but yeah, Cleveland State won't lose, and it looks like they may actually win. So so Mark Coyle will <laughs> potentially one more one more game to actually do some more uh, to watching to see whether Dennis Gates is the man he actually wants. Cleveland State won't lose because they might win. It's hard to win in football if you only recruit basketball players. We're we're doing really fantastic on the on the aphorisms tonight. Well, let's see if we can clean it up for hockey. Um, obviously, the hockey teams didn't play last weekend, um, but uh, the outcome of other games last weekend, of course, impacts the scenarios that both the men and the women are facing coming into uh, their upcoming um, games. Andy, you just want to break down for us, what do the men need to do to win the Big Ten regular season title outright? Yeah, so uh, it's come down to the final weekend of the season. Uh, the Gophers host Michigan for a pair Friday and Saturday. Um, they are currently in first place by... I'm not even going to do the math, but as we said last week, the Big Ten's now going by by winning percentage. So the Gophers have a .75 winning percentage, I think. Wisconsin, who's currently in second place, is 705, I want to believe, something like that. Uh, point being is that it's down to a two-team race. It's Minnesota-Wisconsin. One of those two teams is going to win the Big Ten regular season this weekend and be able to get the all-important uh, first-round bye in the Big Ten tournament. So... Uh, Honestly, what the Gophers need to do depends on what the Badgers do. Uh, basically, if you think about it, baseball magic number-wise, the magic number for, for the Gophers is one and a half. Uh, if you think of a win counting as one, a loss counting as zero, and a tie counting as .5 either way. So the Gophers, assuming Wisconsin sweeps Michigan State this weekend, which is probably the most likely outcome, the Gophers need a win and a tie against the Wolverines this weekend to win the Big Ten regular season title. And for every step down that goes, the Minnesota has to do less and less. So if Wisconsin 
splits, then the Gophers just need a tie in their final two games um, to clean the title. If Wisconsin somehow gets swept by Michigan State, which is not going to happen the way the uh, the Badgers are playing right now, uh, then the Gophers don't do anything. They win the when they win the title outright. So uh, it it does look like Minnesota is going to have to uh, play Michigan, who's the third best team in the conference. Uh, and, and the Wolverines are, are fighting for a NCAA tournament spot. They're probably on the right side of the bubble right now, but uh, at least one win over Minnesota would probably go well to solidifying their spot. So uh, Michigan is definitely coming in with things to play for, even though they're pretty much locked into the number three spot in the conference. Um, and Minnesota's got things to play for as well. In, in case uh, you didn't listen to us last week, why is winning the regular season so important? Uh, they get a bye in the first round of the Big Ten tournament, which is going to be played three over three days. So if you don't get that first round bye directly to the semis, you have to win Sunday, and then you have to win Monday, and then you have to win Tuesday to win the the Big Ten tournament. Um, you know, you get that you get that first round bye, then you don't have to play Sunday. You can just go right into right into Monday's games. So uh, it definitely is a, a big advantage for whoever's going to win first place. Um, you know, hopefully the Gophers can do what they need to do this weekend and get a little help from uh, from Sparty and uh, uh, get that get that regular season and hang that banner. For the women, um, you know, basically they were pretty well locked into where they were going to end up for the um, WCHA tournament. But uh, what what happened in terms of the UMD Wisconsin series and, and how do things look for for the women? Yeah, that series ended up actually being really entertaining. Uh, UMD beat Wisconsin the first game, and the second game went to overtime uh, before the Badgers pulled it out. So Wisconsin won the WCHA regular season title and got the number one seed, uh, locking the Gophers into the four seed. So it will be Gophers-Badgers Part 5 uh, at 1 o'clock on Saturday in the uh, in the WCHA semis. Ohio State and UMD will play in the other game. Um, you know... As as the bubble gets more interesting, if Minnesota Minnesota should be safe, they should comparatively have enough going on that they should be safe. But beating Wisconsin would go a long way to locking down their NCAA tournament at large spot. Um, you know, we saw Boston College, which was one of the potential at large. Uh, teams they lost in the hockey east quarterfinals to UConn, uh, so I think their bubble may have popped. Clarkson, which was another bubble team, um, they are sliding of late. So I mean, comparatively, if you if you look at how everything's breaking down, Minnesota should feel fairly safe. Uh, but with UMD's late se- late season surge, especially if UMD somehow picks up a game from Ohio State in the semis. Uh, you know, all of a sudden the Gophers can go from the third team in the WCHA to the fourth team in the WCHA under consideration, and that's going to make things a lot more interesting come uh, come Selection Sunday. So I think uh, you know Minnesota would really really bode themselves well if they can find a way to to beat Wisconsin for the first time this year. But uh, you know, as they've gone, uh, you know, oh three and one against the Badgers so far, it, it's not going to be an easy trip even playing at home. So basically, rooting interests: Michigan State uh, for the men and uh, Ohio State for the women. With, of course, rooting for the Gophers, uh, both both uh, in their games. I mean, the, the nicest way to put it is: is 
to have the Badgers lose. I mean, that should be easy for all Gopher fans as, as root against Wisconsin. Easy for uh, all right-thinking individuals. Well, yes. I mean, yeah, it, 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 it should not be too hard. So, but, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully the Gophers can, can get things done on, on both sides of, uh, the Mariucci Ritter divide this weekend. And, uh, you know, the, the Big Ten tournament, in case we didn't mention, the, the Big Ten tournament got moved up. It was originally going to be in two weeks from this upcoming weekend, uh, but due to cancellations and wanting to give teams a little bit more time, it's now going to be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, uh, not this weekend, but the weekend following in, in Notre Dame. So um, it, it's going to be a weird, you know, weird three days you don't really think of sunday monday tuesday for for hockey tournaments but a lot of the uh, conference tournaments are doing that this year to give their teams as much time as possible to uh prepare for the ncaa tournament which uh minnesota is a lock i mean even if they would lose out the rest of the way the gophers are going to be in the ncaa tournament so um giving them a little bit more of a breather after the big 10 tournament to prepare for wherever that may end up is is always going to be a good thing all right, so we have one. We'll have to give uh, volleyball a break uh, until after they finally play again, which is this weekend. Um, but uh, in the non-rev side of things, we've had some some success from both uh, gymnastics and from uh, women's track. Yeah, the uh, women's indoor track and field team won the Big Ten title. Actually, killed the Big Ten title. They crushed, uh, easily beat the second place team, Michigan. Um, it's the, the Gopher women's fifth indoor title in, in program history, uh, second in three years. Um, they won in, uh, actually I guess four years cause they did, they did have a, a tournament last year before, before COVID canceled the NCAA tournament. But, uh, so the Gophers won in 2018, won again this year in 2021. Uh, Amira Young was the really big standout for Minnesota. She brought home titles in both the 60 meters and the 200 meters, um, in fact, she's undefeated. She has not lost in the 60 meters this season. And, uh, you know, she'll be, a she'll be a top eight seed going into the NCAA tournament, uh, NCAA meet here in, in two weeks. Um, and then, yeah, gymnastics, uh, the Gophers had the, their big five meet, which basically they, they split the big 10 into two different five team meets. Um, so the Gophers were the, were the, were the favorite in theirs because they split Minnesota and, and Michigan, who were the top two teams. Uh, the Gophers won their, their big five meet handily. In fact, they scored their second best score in program history. Um, and, uh, was led by Lexi Rambler who broke the all time Gopher all around record. Uh, her own record set a brand new, uh, single beat record. She was helped by a perfect 10, uh, on the vault. Uh, her first perfect 10 of the year, she had uh, one or two last season as well, I believe. Uh, the Gophers' second perfect 10, Ona Loper had one on the vault a couple weeks ago. So uh, Minnesota, they finish up their home season this week against uh, Nebraska, I believe, and then I think they have one more road, might be Penn State next week, uh, and then the Big Ten championships here in a couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, March will be will be very busy, as we talked about it last week. Um, you know, starting with the, the WCHA tournament this weekend, you've got the uh, Big Ten's men's swimming and diving championships are this weekend, Big Ten wrestling championships are this weekend, Gable Stevenson looking to try and win his uh, second Big Ten title in a row at heavyweight for the Gophers. So, yeah, it uh, will be a, a busy week and a busy month here as uh, things start winding down in the winter seasons. Are we trying to bother at all with uh, predicting men's basketball? 
that we move past that. We're, we're okay. I still can't believe we have three games left of this stupid season. <laughs> They'll probably, yeah. uh, if there's something to play for, they uh, could, I suppose it's kind of a long shot. Rutgers is pretty well in the tournament, but they've been, uh, they faced Rutgers for the last game of the season. Rutgers has fallen apart. So they could be the team that knocks Rutgers out of the tournament. It would be kind of fun. Rutgers Did hasn't Rutgers... actually been to the tournament since like 1991, I think. Did Rutgers lose to Nebraska? Yeah, they lost by like 20. Oh. It was bad. So, we'll see. They'll probably, eh, nah, they're not going to beat Penn State on the road. <laughs> they're, they're, they're done. They've, they've clearly packed it in. <laughs> Well, you know, just making it happy for all of us, you know, to to end out that year. It's too bad because it'd be kind of fun to see uh, Patino bookend his career with NIT championships, but alas, we won't. That get feels that just a little too on brand. Somehow, I don't, I don't know. Or for all we know, that somehow saves his job. And look, I don't dislike Patino. I I actually like Patino quite a bit. On the court, you know, it's not always been the greatest, but I haven't had any real problems with the guy as a, you know, individual, um, even when he sasses me in, <laughs> in uh, post-game press conferences. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I'm ready for something else at this point is really what it comes down to. It, it's not really a good sign when, when several media members agree with you on that. Um, we posted it on Twitter earlier, but Jeff Goodman and, and Robbie Hummel uh, do a podcast or whatever. And when Jeff Goodman is basically, I think his direct quote was, I'd rather see him t- on TV than on the court after they talk about his sarcasm and his humor and how funny he is to watch. Uh, but just he, he needs to, to get a change of scenery. Things aren't working out for him in Minnesota. So when, when the national media is basically saying, yep, we think you're hilarious, but you're not a very good coach. Uh, you know things have run their course. Not not ideal, no. There's your prediction. Awesome. All right, well, you know, everybody, uh, more good vaccine news today, so keep your heads down, do smart things, don't be dumb, wear your masks, all that good stuff. And in the meantime, go Gophers, Sky Yuma, row the boat. <laughs>